Welcome to the Growth Moves Podcast with Rob Tyson. Welcome back, listener. Rob Tyson here. And in the last episode, I talked to Eric Lures about how you can grow revenue even bigger and better after COVID by playing a different game. So be sure to catch up on that show if you missed it. But I'm really happy today to be here with Bryony Thomas. Now, Bryony is the creator of a great book, actually. It's the award-winning watertight marketing uh, book, and she's the creator of, of the methodology that goes along with it. And she's has over a decade working with clients like Microsoft, Dell, and Experian. And then she set up her own consulting business focused on helping scaling businesses put a sustainable sales driving marketing operation in place. And Bryony's unique process has been refined over the last decade. It's been used across more than 2,000 businesses. And today we're going to be talking about why you're leaking profit and what to do about that. But before we welcome Bryony and get into all that, um, do you have professional expertise, Lister? Would you like to productize what you offer in the form of an online learning program? Would you like to move away from custom work that eats up crazy amounts of your time and know exactly how to market what you do with more clarity? Well, if you would like to do those things right now, I'm reserving time to talk with up to three people like you each week about your situation, what you want to accomplish, and also to figure out with you the bare bones of an online package you can offer to get your clients great results as well as achieve your goals using my revenue logic process. Are you interested in that? Well, if you are, here's where you need to go now for more info. Just go to chatwithrob.com. That's it, chatwithrob.com. Now, if there's an opportunity to help you get there faster with my help, we can talk about that, but there are no catches, tricks, or obligations. The call itself is free, but the insights you get may be priceless. So once again, if you're interested in that, the place to go is chatwithrob.com. That is chatwithrob.com. Dot com. So with all that said, Bryony, welcome. Great to see you. Lovely to be here. And you say, Bryony, most businesses are leaking profit. Talk to us. What do you mean by that? Yeah, essentially, um, I don't think I've found a single business yet in my 20 years of, uh, of marketing that isn't leaving money on the table somewhere. Um, so something simple that they could be doing that would mean that there'd be more revenue and more profit at the end of the day. Well, when I first um, when I first wrote uh, the first edition of Waterstock Marketing, uh, which came out in 2013, I've done research across about 2,000, uh, 200 organisations, now about 2,000, probably more. And as I say, haven't found one yet that couldn't be making more money with a few judicious little tweaks to their marketing. Um, absolutely. And what what happens if we don't fix these leaks because there are there are many of them and we're we're going to get into some of them yeah but what what happens if we don't take this kind of action yeah so my uh, my view is what i see with businesses is a is a frustration that either they're not growing fast enough um they're not getting the sales they think they deserve or they're having to work very hard for each sale in a skills you know a kind of personal selling um type of way and i think if you don't have a robust and really sustainable marketing operation in place, then each bit of revenue that comes in is hard to win. And so if you don't kind of take the effort to put that underpinning marketing operation into your business, then you're just going to be working really much harder than you need to for, for less return at the end of the day. 
And the flip side for that, I guess, is when we have this in place, things just become easier. They do become easier. It's not to say that it's necessarily an easy process. You've got to put the effort in and you've got to maintain that effort. But if you have marketing, uh, a marketing operation, marketing tools to match the sales skills and the energy and the love that you have for your business, bring those two things together and things are much more fun for a start um, and you get, the, you get the rewards you deserve. Sure thing. So one of the things that you talk about is that you say most people are running around and it's like they're trying to fill a leaky bucket. So what, what talk to us about that? What does that mean? Yes, it's a central analogy um, in the Watertight Marketing book. I, I kind of dissect the classic marketing funnel image and divide it into three areas where you have a bucket at the bottom, then some funnels and filters, and then taps. So if you imagine a bucket, then funnels and filters, and then taps. And what I tend to uh, see people doing when I have a look at what they're doing with their marketing is essentially that usually they're quite small businesses, they've got quite a small bucket, um, usually with a hole in the bottom, um, and they're running madly from one tap to another tap. You know, is it Twitter? Is it TikTok? It's a chatbot today. It's Facebook ads. Yeah, exactly. And my mate at golf said I should be doing TikTok um, and they're literally madly running with this little bucket with a hole in the bottom, sticking it under this tap, that tap, that tap with a kind of, um, you know, a bit of marketing FOMO, that fear of missing out. The next thing's the big thing. Um, there must be a magic wand somewhere. And the thing about the, the bucket is the bucket is what keeps your customers being your customers. And if you're madly focused on taps, that awareness, then you're not paying due attention to the customers you already have. And they are you know, leaking right out the bottom, either by not um, staying with you uh, until they get to the profitable stage, by not referring you on to others, by not buying again. Okay. So when we have these leaks, we're just we're just working a lot harder than we we uh, we need to and uh, you know i guess if the leaks are bad enough um our bucket can completely drain right i mean this could be fatal if we don't fix this kind of stuff so yeah absolutely i mean typically the businesses we work with are fairly established businesses they're kind of um seven eight figure businesses who are looking to really scale things up but certainly there are businesses um, and startups who may not who kind of don't get this right and therefore never quite get off the ground you know mm-hmm. they can't quite work out what it is that isn't working for them um, and they tend to in that circumstance look for that magic fix look for the silver bullet rather than doing you know, a sequential series of really basic fundamental marketing fundamentals you know, do do the hard work, do the fundamentals, stop looking for the quick fix. Okay, so talk to us about that then. What's the, what's the strategy for fixing this problem? So in uh, chapter two of the Wall Start Marketing book, there's a, a, a framework called the 13 Touchpoint Leaks. And the 13 Touchpoint Leaks was a framework that I came up with from that research over that first 200 organizations. And essentially what I did is to have a look at all of the ways that most people leave money on the table. So what, um, what marketing were they not doing that I knew was possible, that was meaning that they were losing sales or not winning those sales that they could? And I aggregated that all up and there were 13, so the unlucky 13 um, ways that people, that t- where there are tried and tested marketing activities, marketing tools that any business can use at certain stages in the sales process. And one of the key things about that is going back to that bucket funnels taps analogy is that we um, look at those leaks from the bottom up. 
So we start with the bucket, we start with customer loyalty, customer repurchase. Then we go on to sales conversion, that kind of getting conversations to turn into sales. And it's lastly that we look at what most people call marketing, the awareness and interest. And it's that combination of knowing what the 13 areas are, but also doing them in critically, doing them in that right order, that bottom up order, that means that each of the little tweaks you put in place builds on the last so that you have a full path to purchase which means that sales can flow through your business and yeah and so kind of like we were talking about this is the opposite of most of the noise that everyone is hearing in the market right which is just get more leads get more tra- get more traffic and this is the solution to everything so you're kind of saying well no actually let's flip that completely yeah, absolutely. Turn it upside down. You will mm-hmm. find you will find me saying it again and again and again. Um, I don't know how many times I say it in the book, but if in doubt, turn it upside down. And I think the one of the reasons why um, you know generating leads, so Facebook ads that will reach millions of people, you know, get a click for a penny. All this stuff seems attractive. Is that there's a there's a there's a logic to that, isn't there? That the more people that go in at the top, the more you're going to get, aren't you? That's just logical. Um, but it isn't, you know, when you dissect it, if you don't have the steps downstream, paying even a penny per click, if those clicks don't turn into sales, is a penny too much. Because if you don't have a converting, a process that converts all the way through, and people who stay with you long enough to be profitable for all the effort you've put in, you are wasting money. Sure thing. So I I don't expect in the time we have, we could get through all the 13 leaks, but just maybe go into a bit more detail for us and and talk to us about some of the first things that you you would address. Yeah, sure. So um, we've done uh, analysis um, across uh, more than 2000 organisations and almost um, over half of those, the top leak, so the, the top priority of the 13 leaks is leak number one. What's the top leak, Bryony? Leak number one. And leak number one is called forgotten customers. So when we think about a business that's been going for more than 12 months, because um, Watertight is, a, is a, um, a methodology for, for an established business, really, rather than a startup. If you've been going for more than 12 months, then you should have a few customers. And there are three themes for each of the leaks. The, the themes for forgotten customers are service, social and special. How do you provide fantastic service? How do you be of service to your existing customers? How do you facilitate social interaction to cement the relationship and how do you make them feel special? Because if you're of service, you're social, you have a social connection and you make them feel special, then those people are going to buy more and tell other people about you. And the, every person they tell for free is a lot less expensive um, than anything that you could do on, uh, you know, on any of these guru wisdom about generating awareness more than that any recommendation that comes through an existing client has a higher likelihood of converting and that's just one of the 13 so for each of the 13 we have these three themes and under the three themes we have tried and tested fixes that any business can put into into action so let's talk a little bit more about that then so so for the forgotten customers so you were saying let's look at three things um service social and special so just elaborate on i don't know you know maybe one or two 
examples sure. of things so maybe the social thing i mean what do you what do you mean by that does that mean we we go out for a beer with our customers or does that it mean could do, couldn't it so it depends on the context so the whole thing about waterstock marketing is that it's a series of really good questions and depending on your context the answer is going to be different it's not paint by numbers do this it's think about this use this lens to organize your thoughts so let's say you're a, a high value um you know kind of time for money consultant and you do vip coaching in that circumstance taking your client out for a lovely lunch might be an appropriate social interaction whereas if you were an online store that would be ridiculous um, you know it would be nuts wouldn't it however you could facilitate social interaction for your online store with a customer only facebook group so it doesn't matter um, I'm not saying this is, it's not prescriptive in saying you do this. It's how do you, in your context, facilitate social interaction, what's appropriate. Um, and again, you know, like special. So the high-end consultant, you might get them a bunch of flowers on their birthday. That would be appropriate because you'd know their birthday because you've got a coaching relationship, and you know one another. Um, whereas in the um, online retail, what you what might you do to make them feel special? Well, maybe you send them a voucher on their birthday, a coupon code or um, something like that. So it it's context specific, but the questions are really good questions to help you think it through. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so that's so that's leak number one, forgotten customers, um, and you say that's that's the top one. Um, so if we do some work on that, and we're we're pretty satisfied that we've you know we've plugged that one reasonably well. What, what's the next thing? So the next one you'd move on to is leak number two, which is called poor onboarding or poor welcome. Um, and that's that special moment when someone's bought from you for the first time. Um, and I call it the welcome window where you've got the opportunity for them to truly take on the label happy customer, not just customer, but happy customer. Um, and we talk there about, again, three themes. We talk about thank you helpful and celebration so how do you um, have a, a structured onboarding process that thanks your customer for their business helps them get up to running up and running with what they've bought and celebrates with them when they hit the outcome they were looking for for, for, for buying from you and that could be as simple as putting a little greetings card in the post a couple of helpful videos and then a woohoo you've got to the end of your program or um, show me a photo of your sofa in your living room um, whatever it might be that celebrates the outcome they were looking for so an onboarding process is a simple uh, uh, sitting down and working it out and then you've got a systemized onboarding and welcome process for your customers. Yes, this is really valuable, I think, because it's, uh, you know, when we get a new client or when any listeners get a new client, what people don't realize sometimes is that usually, and this is especially the case with large per purchases is that usually people have this thing called buyer's remorse so they get all very, so we get them to the point where they're so excited and committed to buying from us that they actually decide I'm going to do it I'm going to you know I'm going to get my credit card out or I'm going to sign the contract and we assume that oh we, you know they're happy now we've done the deal this is great and actually what we fail to take into account most of us is that it's at that point usually that a lot of buyers have this nosedive in enthusiasm and they start to think did I do the right thing you know I'm not sure uh, you know I'm not sure that that was actually what we should be doing um, should I have gone with a competitor or whatever and so unless you're aware of that going on and people having this 
uh, emotional roller coaster with you, and when it happens, um, you can really neglect that, and it can affect the relationship. Uh, you know, for all time, I guess. And also you can run into these horrible situations, refunds, this kind of thing. It's so important. It's the, are you sure moment. Um, And if someone spent a lot of uh, money or a lot of, or they're about to spend a lot of time or it's a high status purchase, it really means something to their identity. In any of those circumstances, that buyer's remorse, that kind of emotional dip, it's that little wobble um, just after they've made the purchase. And it's one of the reasons why I say case studies are actually more important in welcome um, than perhaps anywhere else in the process. Because actually what you're doing um, by in your welcome material, having a brilliant case study is saying someone just like you felt just like you, but they went on to do something brilliant. So actually having a testimonial and case study in your welcome process to say, it's all right, you've made a great decision. Um, Someone else was in your position and they got this great result. Just at that moment of dip um, can be really, really powerful. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, and I was thinking this the other day um, it, because I had various um, ads for my stuff, which had one or two testimonials in them. And I, I thought to myself, oh, well, um, these are actually going to all the all the existing clients. Maybe I should stop that. And then I just realized, oh no, actually, no, you know, the existing clients need to see this as well because this is kind of reinforcement that um, we can help people do the right things. And so they more than anyone need to see this. Definitely. Definitely. The same is true with PR coverage. Um, so people think of PR coverage as an awareness activity, but I think it's a fantastic loyalty and onboarding process. So let's say they've just bought from you. Let's say someone's just bought from me and um, they didn't realise in the sales process that I've had articles in The Guardian and the Telegraph and you know that, that it passed them by during the sales process. Actually having those logos on your welcome pack um, just makes them think, oh yeah, I'm smart. I chose, a, you know, I chose something really good. So even if they're really on board with the decision, just that pat on the back of um, some social proof within your um, within your welcome process just get, reassures them that they made a really good decision and and kind of bigs them up for being smart for making a great choice. Yeah, it's it, as you were saying that I was thinking of that old expression: "No one got fired for hiring IBM." and I guess with the with these bigger organizations as well, um, people do need this reassurance and they need to be able to show other people that they made a logical decision. Yeah, and if particularly if they're then um, getting other people on board with the decision. So let's say they've mm. bought, now they need to involve some colleagues in the process. Having some of that um, testimonial, social proof, um, you know, those nice touches in your welcome process equips that individual to then bring their colleagues on board into, the, into that decision, who then become referrers for you, you know, who then become advocates of yours, uh, which is why I say start at the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we've talked a little bit about the, the first couple of things we typically address. So forgotten customers and also onboarding or the lack thereof. Um, what might be a third leak that we, we we look at typically? So let's take one from a different place in the uh, in the process. I've done I've done two from the bucket. Um, let me take one from the uh, funnels and filters. So cl- a classic sales uh, conversation piece. So there's uh, leak number five is called no critical approval, and no critical approval is when uh, the person who's buying from you consults a third party or the other voice in their head to 
So just say, am I sure before buying from you? So it's those, um, it's just that time where they're thinking, I think I'm going to go for this. I'm just going to run it past my coach. Or I think I'm going to go for this. I'm just going to go and run it past my uh, sales director or my finance director or my, or my wife or my mate or whatever it might be. So there's a third party. And sometimes that third party is just the other voice in their head. Now, if that person isn't on side, um, then you're going to lose the sale. So how do you, in your marketing materials, address those critical third parties? So we talk about, um, there are three themes again. So we talk about content, direct and indirect. And there's a key piece of content we talk about called the buyer's guide, where you essentially take all the voices of veto. So any objections that might come from any third parties or any niggles in their mind, and you actually write a guide that that talks to those voices, you know, 10 questions your sales director might ask, 10 questions your finance director might ask, and you address all of them. So you create a piece of content called the buyer's guide. And then you think, how could I get this to land in front of that third party, either directly or indirectly? Directly is you then cut up that content and maybe turn it into the, an article for finance director magazine, even though your target audience is the marketing director. Uh, and then indirectly is that you give that guide to the marketing director and they use it to talk to their finance director. So you you make them the kind of internal salesperson. So it's really important to think about those voices of veto, um, which is a, a, a phrase that I use at this stage in the process, and creates content that talks to any objections and validates those concerns. So I don't talk about overcoming objections. I talk about validating um, their concerns. So it's it's really important that those third party voices are in your marketing materials. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Um, and I think the key thing is, uh, as you say, for people to think about is, is being thorough with this, um, and just doing this thinking ahead of time, which is like, you know, what are the objections? Um, what are people going to hear from, from their spouse or their colleagues and yeah. just being wise about that ahead of time. Yeah. And I also think people need to be really positive about it. So rather than thinking of those objectives as, you know, a, a pain in the proverbial, um, think about them as, as someone who's genuinely trying to help your buyer. Um, and that any objections that they're hearing from third parties they trust are being done for the right reasons. And so if you come to it, not from a, oh, these objections I just want to battle them down instead come to it thinking why would a reasonable person say that why would they have that concern because it's obviously legitimate they care about this person then they want to do the right by them so how would I have reached that decision and what would I need to understand to maybe to maybe think something else so it's really coming at it from a place of positivity and empathy and not wanting to kind of beat the objections down, but to validate their concerns, think about them as reasonable, logical and helpful and work through them in a way where you are helping your buyer to make a good decision, not just battling them into submission. Yeah, I like it. And one of the things I um, heard recently was this idea that if you can use stories in that process, um, it, it kind of works better because people come to the realization themselves rather than you saying, you know, however artfully you do it, you're, you're basically saying, well, you know, you may think this, but you're wrong. If, if you, uh, if you can actually show them the story of somebody else who was in, who thought the same thing. And then they gradually came to, they came around to, to realize what, 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 you know, then 
as you say, you're not sort of bashing people over the head with stuff and they come to the new belief on their own. And so for that reason, they, um, what's the word I'm searching for? They're, they're far more committed to a decision they've come to themselves. Correct. Which, yeah. Which is why exactly. I think validating those concerns. It's saying that's a really good point. Let's explore that. And I think, uh, so storytelling is fantastic. Questioning is another one. So, um, you know, just asking them questions. So why do you think that? And um, what would you think if this were true? And so it's, it's not, um, it's not kind of, so I used to do competitive debates and it's the opposite of that. So in competitive debates, you're point scoring. You're you're literally tearing someone's argument to shreds. In and it's a It's like baiting, really. And I would say that in this leak five, you want to do the opposite of that, which is to make them feel good. It's to make them feel empowered. It's to get them to think it through themselves and go, "Aha! I now think something different." Um, not, "Oh, you beat me." <laughs> yeah, and that's in, it's interesting you mentioned that because I guess that the as you say in the in with it in the debate the objective is not really to win the other person over is it it's to win the audience it's to make Absolutely. the audience you it's know to believe make them wrong. Them. yeah it's to make them wrong whereas yeah. in this leak five you want to make them right yeah but you really want to get um your buyer and all third parties to um passionately believe that buying from you is right you want to make them right you don't want to make them wrong mm-hmm. yeah absolutely what do you think, Brian? Have we got time for one or two more, perhaps? What do you think? Uh, entirely up to you. Your show. Okay. Um, well, look, should we, do, should we do one more? How does that sound? Yeah, sure. We can do... Uh, let's do one from TAPS. Okay. So let's do one from Awareness, because uh, everybody wants to do Awareness, don't they? Mm-hmm. Get me some leads, Bryony. Yeah. No, I don't want leads. Um, so, <laughs> so let's go for the last one on the list, um, which is, it's only last because uh, we work with established businesses who are up and running. And so usually they have quite a lot of this stuff in place anyway. Um, but it's the last thing you come to when you're improving, not necessarily when you're building. So leak number 13 is called No Emotional Impact. And it's when what you're putting out into the world kind of goes over somebody's head. It passes them by completely. And um, one of the reasons for this is because it's not stopping them in their tracks. It's not um, having an emotion. It's not triggering an emotional response because an emotional response is something you can't help but notice. You can't, you, you don't sit there and go, hmm, I think I'll have an emotion now. Um, you just have that response. And so no, emotional impact is really important for generating awareness. And in terms of um, the three themes for this, I talk about instinct, intellect, and over and under. So instinct is where you appeal to somebody's instinct. So um, fear, humor, sex bright colours, um, those sorts of things, the, the stuff that our little reptile brains can't help but respond to. Intellect is, um, is more about curiosity um, and often saying the opposite to what someone thinks you're going to say. Um, so c- curiosity is a really good kind of rule of thumb for generating an intellectually curious um, kind of emotional response. It's kind of a what, what, what response. Um, And then over-under is really interesting. Over-under is where people lose their impact by over or understating. So they either undersell the effort or oversell the benefit. Um, And this is uh, kind of goes to uh, the reason people ignore it is because it's either um, looks far too easy, too good to be true, or 
it's really they're, they're overstating the negative and they go well that'll never happen to me you know there's a, there's a reason why a human being can get on an airplane it's because we think it'll never crash with us on it um, it's never going to happen to me so sometimes when people overstate the negative like the, the problem or oversell the outcome people sit there going yeah right and they don't even see it they just rule it out completely um, so, so those are classic ways that people miss in terms of their emotional impact. Yeah, interesting. Can you think of any any examples of um, things you've seen where people have done this like either really well or really badly? So um, I, I, lo- I really love headlines where they say this almost always works. Yeah, so th- this almost always works is so much better than 100% guaranteed always works. So 100% guaranteed always works is absolute BS. Um, And most intelligent people would look at that and go, yeah, right. Um, Whereas this almost always works. There's there's something about the humility of that and the honesty of that that you go, hmm, that's interesting. Um, so that, that it's a classic example of two two ways of doing things. Um, you know, money-back guarantees are fine, but it always works, guarantees. People don't, don't tend to believe. Um, yeah, I mean, we see it in diet industry, don't we? Um, and the kind of the one-week diet that will get you into your bikini body for your holiday next week. That The, the pe- people who buy on those lines, so people who do buy those, uh, those sorts of headlines, are um, they're classic hoppers. So they're kind of customers you don't want because they're going to buy the next one and the next one and the next one. They're going to move on from you because they're looking for a silver bullet. So if your business is a business that relies on repeat purchase or long-term relationships, then people who buy over-under, people who buy the unbelievable claims, aren't the sort of people you want because they are they buy easily and they're very, very quickly disappointed. Um, so it's even, even when sometimes it does work, it works it's only temporary because of the psychology of the people who respond to that sort of material. So it kind of, what you're saying is it work, it may work as bait, but it, but, but it's it bait for the wrong, wrong kind of fish. Of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. No, interesting. Interesting. No, great, I really like that. Great for your stats, but awful for your bottom line. Yeah. 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 And, and I guess, um, I guess, you know, if we come back to the, the business of, uh, you know, profits leaking uh, it doesn't really i guess it kind of <laughs> sort of solves it you know it may solve your problem higher up the higher up the um the process but uh, you know it it means you have a problem absolutely and mm. and you know kind of if you also think that everybody who comes into your process picks up costs you know let's say you're generating a load of leads and for each of them you've got to do a little bit of research follow up with them send them something um you know host their data do what they pick up cost and so if you're using headlines that attract the, the sort of people who um, are not long-term profitable you've got a double negative there so first of all they're not long-term profitable in and of themselves but also they're costing you money by yeah. service by servicing them um, and so what can seem attractive with these hacks and tricks at the awareness stage could actually be eating your profits yeah, it's really that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, you're no, you're absolutely right because um, really the the clients that you're going to make money from are the ones that stick around for a long period of time. And so if you've just got if you've got a lot of churn all the time because you're bringing the wrong people in, then actually it's counterproductive. 
Absolutely. And it's, you know, I use a diet analogy a lot and it's, it's like eating chips and wondering why you're putting on weight. It, it's just, you know, there are some things that you don't want in your life if you want a long-term successful business. I do want chips though, just to. Well, the occasional bag confirm. of chips is fine, Rob, just not every day, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll try and take your advice. Um, Bryony, um, this has been really good. And there's a new edition of the book, I think, um, for people who want to get into this more, dig into this yeah. more. Yeah. Um, the second edition of Watertap Marketing came out uh, in March 2020, uh, just as we went into lockdown. Um, so uh, it, it's, it, it is now available. It's been out of stock on Amazon because they didn't think it was an essential item, but they've obviously okay. changed their minds. because They were wrong about that. Well, they've obviously they've changed their mind wrong because it's back in stock, which is great. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll start marketing. The second edition um, has uh, has two new frameworks. It has forty two tried and tested tweaks that have all been completely rewritten. Um, it has two new sections around really articulating your proposition and characterizing your audience. And I've also put together um, two free online courses that go with it. Uh, so with your book, if you go to uh, watertight.school, you can register for one one course, which is how to get the most from your book, because it's one of those books you go to, go through a number of times. And so I asked readers how they'd got the most from it and put that together into a little course. And then there's uh, one exercise per chapter um, to get a sense of uh, how you implement the methodology in a really practical way. Um, and both those courses are available with the book. Awesome. No, so it's uh, it's more than just a book. Really? Oh man, it's my life. Yeah, there you go. No, excellent. No, no, my do no. delighted to hear me say that, were they? <laughs> it's my professional life. Yeah, there you go. There you go. No, no, it's no, do uh, no, do check it out. I mean, it is a it is a great resource, and that sounds like a really great package of things, um, Bryony. Um, if people only took one nugget or piece of advice away from our conversation today, what should that be? Turn it upside down. Um, start at the bottom and work up um, awareness and interest comes last customer loyalty um, comes first fantastic and we talked a bit about the book but anywhere else people should go to get more from you if they would like to Bryony yeah sure if you go to watertightmarketing.com you can find out um, about the other things that we do we've got a directory of certified practitioners who can work with you to implement um, the watertight marketing methodology um, and uh, you can also find our free courses and paid courses um, if you wanted to implement it in more of a, a kind of self-serve fashion excellent Bryony, this has been really good really enjoyed our conversation thank you so much thank you for inviting me along really enjoyed it Hey, it's Rob again. Want to build a successful online business from your expertise? Well, the game has changed. There are bigger opportunities, but also bigger pitfalls than ever before. And I would hate for you to waste years figuring these things out for yourself. Now, as a listener to this show, you're obviously a sensible person, right? So here's my invitation to you. Apply to jump on a call with me in the next few days and let's talk about you. You will get feedback on your ideas. You will get a product concept that is fit for right now and you will get a personalized sales and income plan to take away. That is free, but availability is limited. So please go along right now to chatwithrob.com. That is chatwithrob.com. Do that now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Once again, that is chatwithrob.com. Talk to you soon.